Welcome, everybody, to Real Talk Radio. This is your boy, Justin JLB, and this is going to be the Game On edition. And Friday, July 24th, we had Xbox do their video game showcase, so we are going to talk about that a little bit and some other game news, compare a few things. I am not alone, however. I am joined by my uh, good friend, Jeff the Bear. How's it going, good sir? Oh well, Justin, it's been a long time. I mean, I I, I didn't even I, I just popped up on Facebook one day and I saw you had a podcast and like you came out of nowhere like a supernova. It was incredible. But uh, <laughs> thanks uh, thanks for having me, man. It was going to be fun. Yeah, no, uh, for sure, man. Uh, no doubt. I know you're a hardcore. Uh, well, you're a hardcore gamer to an extent. Saying you uh, you play everything from PS4 to uh, Xbox One, so uh, should be a good conversation. And I guess we'll start it. Basically, I didn't even realize Xbox was doing a video game showcase uh, this Friday. I just kind of went on the Twitter sphere and I saw that there was something live and I just went into it like that. And yeah, and they started it off with a bang. Do you want to take us through uh, their first little world premiere? Well, as far as, far as like you were saying, that say maybe you, you didn't know about it because I think it was kind of last... People kind of knew there was going to be another show because obviously for those who may or may not have noticed or have watched it, there was a uh, reveal of some sorts in May and the uh, they kind of revealed some shows. I think there was some missed promises. There was a lot of gameplay that was promised in the May event. So this one, this show uh, that was uh, this week, I think was going to be uh, to try to rectify that. And I think I think they did well. You know, I'm, I'm someone who owns both consoles so for for anyone who listens uh, i mean you might take what i say as fanboyism but as as uh, justin said uh, you know i play playstation i play xbox so this is coming from someone who has both platforms you know so i just wanted to say that and get that out of the way so i don't uh, be perceived as solely uh, an xbox uh, fanboy as far as the first uh, the first showing they had i mean <clears throat> not surprised it was going to be halo um I like the introduction. I mean, even though it's just cinematic, to think what this kind of hardware can do for cinematics, I think is mind blowing. I think the cinematic had a good uh, opening, like uh, to kind of get you into it. When the minute they went into in-engine uh, cinematics, where the plane crashed and gameplay, and then when they hit gameplay, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I mean, look, it's Halo. This is the, the old adage: don't break anything. You can't. Don't fix something that's not broken. And Halo's gameplay has been relatively the same throughout every game. Maybe a little improvements here and there. But, uh, yeah. That's, and uh, and that's it. So while we were watching, or while I was watching this gameplay, I, I found it kind of interesting how they've only implemented the sliding feature now. You know, like Call of Duty and games like that have had it for quite some time. And to be frank, I haven't played Halo since Halo 2, maybe? Halo... Yeah, I want to say Halo 2 or Halo 3. 
So I've definitely yeah. been missing with Halo 4 and OST and Halo Wars, and there was a whole bunch of other mini games in between. Um, right. And I was just shocked by some of the things that I've noticed a lot of people were like going crazy over, like the sliding, the uh, the grip, the grip thing that they have now, the hand grapple there. Yeah, uh, it's obviously nothing new, but it's been in games before, sure. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, open world though, <clears> that's <throat> something uh, that's something that's new, and I think a good way to go about it. Uh, you know, everything's kind of getting into that open world, and dare I say, no, I, I maybe I shouldn't say, but first, go for it, go the, for it. Is, say is it, this <laughs> is this the first? person shooter ever that xbox or the new consoles have done open world wise uh you mean as far as this next upcoming generation well i mean as far as first person shooters go uh i think so i mean i think there hasn't been very many first person shooters so i think you kind of lose a little bit of the uh for the most part let's say i will say in the generation that we're in now uh, there have been first-person shooters that are kind of a little bit more vast. If you take mm. Destiny, for example, the world of Destiny is a little bit more open. I think I, I, I would, dare I say, maybe Destiny might be somewhat of an open-world, right. yeah. first-person RPG kind of thing. But right. when you think when you think of Halo and you go back to the first one, you just see how vast this world was. And like you know, from back in 2001, you're like, oh my God, this is incredible. And it would make sense that that kind of game with that kind of immersive story, uh, and just like you, just like the way the scenery is laid out, it makes sense that it would go open world. It's interesting to see how open world it is. But right. um, I wanted to make a comment about what you had said in regards to the uh, the slide feature and the grapple hook. Uh, for those who uh, watched the uh, Apple press conference recently, where they showed some of the features that the iPhone is having. These are obviously features that have been on phones before. So my point is, for for Halo not necessarily introducing a slide feature, I don't think is a big deal uh, in previous games. I mean, um, mm. because yes, it's been in Call of Duty before. Yes, it's been in uh, Gear. Well, Gears is third person, so it's a little bit different. It's been done before, so for them to in- introduce it now, maybe they kind of felt or found a way that it's kind of a uh, I wouldn't say a reboot, but kind of a re- back to the roots kind of thing where, you know, judging for like, it's like, you know, and I, I've watched um, IGN's podcasts on uh, the podcast Unlocked that they had where they reviewed, reviewed the whole conference and where it was clear that you're Master Chief, whereas in other games, you kind of got snippets where you're playing as Captain Locke in Halo 4 or Halo 5 rather. So this one, you know, it's Master Chief. So you know they want to give him little upgrades, and that's that's cool. You know, I mean uh, that's that's cool. Me. Yeah, and I guess you know not every shooting game has to have the slide, or you know has to have a grappling hook. Halo had its own foundation. It essentially started, um, for the most part, the first-person shooters. Um, you know, well, I guess for Xbox at least, it started the first-person shooters. Well, the, the only uh, reason the only reason Xbox I think exists now as a brand in my opinion, is Halo. I think if they didn't have Halo on the first Xbox, we wouldn't be talking about Xbox today. Yeah, that's that's a fair statement. <clears throat> I would uh, completely agree with that, because, yeah, Halo, and maybe Gears, maybe Gears had a little bit of a... Um, had a thing to that, too, because of the whole, you know, gun with the chainsaw 
kind of got people all crazy and gears i think definitely helped out xbox quite a lot too but halo i feel halo i feel definitely outsold uh gears probably by yeah it got it got it you know for you have to understand this was uh, back in the day this was a new brand uh the idea of microsoft making a game console was new not games i mean microsoft had made games on pc for years prior to that so for them to have this game in this world of halo to really put them on the map and fast forward to 2020 and now they're you know still using halo to kind of put forth their next their new generation console or next generation rather um i think is it's it's a smart thing to do you know Mm. if you look at the 360 360 was lucky in a little way because that gears was so well received because halo 3 hadn't come out till maybe about let's see a year after the 360 had launched if not a little, maybe a little bit longer so wow. luckily they had an, another ip that was strong in gears of war <clears throat> so um but yeah anyways uh, i know we're jumping back and forth here but uh, overall it was just uh you know i mean i i don't know about you uh, justin but i've i've kind of looked uh you know uh, the internet is what it is and you have a lot of uh you know, publications that uh, cater to certain companies more so, you know, other than others. And I get that. I mean, it is it is what it is. You know, you can't change the, the narrative that's out there. You know, when you have people that are a part of an organization and a big publication that try to stay at least impartial as much as possible and call out when wrong points are, are, are being said, I try to understand where the negative criticism is coming out out of Halo Infinite's gameplay. Number one, if you pay attention to the uh, introduction of the video, it said it was a demo, <clears throat> which in turn implies that it's probably not finished yet. When they That was very confusing, though, when they mentioned that that was a demo, because I was like, wait a minute, are we going to be getting a Halo demo? Like, I was literally... Yeah. I know, like... I. I thought live, like we we were gonna get one kind of ordeal. Like they they have one yeah, for the Game yeah, Pass. Yeah. You know, I was I was right. like I literally after after the show I went to my Game Pass and I'm like oh no Halo, <laughs> but they would have announced it obviously when they were showing it and afterwards. But yeah, kind of weird. But yeah, exactly. So they did mention it was a demo. Um, and look, I mean, it still looks pretty awesome though. I mean, if you take care, if you take uh, games that were running in this generation, if you have a one Xbox One X, um, running a game, let's say at 4K 60, which is in question because even though the console's quote unquote capable of doing it, <clears throat> and if you look at the kind of fidelity that this demo had, uh, just like the scenery and the way the movements were, the movements were snappy, they were quick. You know, even the enemies, it was well done. So. Um, I mean, I thought the graphics were great. I mean, I don't know. What did you think? No, like, so, I mean, but it's Halo. So I wasn't, like, the graphics were good. I thought the scenery was awesome when he gets out of the ship and he's looking around. And this is in gameplay, so, like, it's legit. I thought it was good. Like, you know, obviously it's better than the previous Halos. Uh, It's the new gen system. It's at 60 FPS you were mentioning? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so... um, and look, we're also, like, it is also the demo, too. Keep in mind, a lot of places and a lot of companies generally show you theatrical stuff that is happening. When they do show right. you gameplay, it's very minimal. This was over right. a seven-minute gameplay video. 
Okay, yeah. so you were really looking at hardcore gameplay in a demo version. You know, that's I don't know. I it, it's Halo. I, I like the new features that they did have. It looked decent. Uh, it looked like decent enough from what we saw, and you know, I'm I'm excited to certainly <clears> play <throat> it. It's just. I don't know. People, people are gonna bitch anyways. If if, if the sky is blue, they're gonna want it uh, a lighter, uh, a lighter uh, magenta for some odd reason. You know? And, oh no, it's too blue. It's too this. It's too that. You know? Like people will bitch no matter what. There's no way of pleasing anybody, especially with such a monumental game like Halo. Everybody is gonna have an opinion. There's one thing that I think people have to keep in mind when you're looking at these videos. Number one, we know the game is running in 4K 60. Number two, the amount of people that are able to watch this video online in 4K, there's not a whole lot of people that have a 4K monitor. So even even if you're watching it on, on a television, okay, there's limitations there. Okay, so let's just, you know, for people who are listening, you have to keep this in mind. You know, there are limitations. So for a lot of the criticism I've heard from different websites and saying, oh my God, the graphics, this and that. Well, how are you watching? If you're watching it on a regular panel uh, monitor, I mean, which is fine to own, that, that's not a problem. Uh, well, yeah, you're not going to get the full experience. Myself, I happen to have a 4K monitor, so I'm lucky enough to be able to have um, watched the stream and at least get as close as, or as comparable of an experience as you would get if you were playing it on a, te uh, on a television. So, and that goes with any game, you know, not just Halo. So I think the criticism is a tad unfair, you know, I mean, I think if Microsoft would have came out with and just showed the cinematic trailer and just showed cinematic trailer and that's it, I can understand. But the fact that there was like, you know, a seven, eight minute demo of actual gameplay, and yet that's still not good enough for you. I, I, I tend to look at the, these are criticisms that are coming out of people that are either not Xbox fans or just nitpicky. People were bitching that there was no cinema, there was no gameplay the last time they were around when they were doing, uh, I believe it was the legit reveal of the Xbox, and they were complaining that there was nothing showing for it, no other games, there was just cinematic stuff, and now people are bitching that there's actual gameplay. Well, when the reveal happened at the Game Awards, first of all, no one expected it. It came out of nowhere. I certainly didn't expect it. When I look at the video, and then you see like the the uh, kind of like a mirror image of what the console would look like. I said, "Oh, what, a, what am I looking at here?" You know, <clears throat> and I and I didn't expect them to show any gameplay. They showed the teaser of uh, Hellblade Two, and I liked it. For those who played the first Hellblade or want to play it or are intrigued by it, go check it out. It's on Game Pass. Um, in my opinion, it's just people who just want to bitch for the sake of complaining about stuff. You could always go back and say that, no, would you like to have had more? Well, sure, we all would. But at the same time, you kind of want to have that anticipation and that sense of <clears throat> uh, excitement come launch and, uh, you know, not have uh, Microsoft throw all their eggs in, in that basket right away. And we have to also remember that there's an event in August, so there's also more that could be shown. That's it. And, you know, you don't want to be playing the first hour of the game and already have seen everything because you've seen Microsoft show you a bunch of stuff. So that's essentially the biggest title that they did show, but they showed you quite a few other stuff. Um, they showed us a little bit of State of Decay 3. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Not much there. It it looks nice. It was a theatrical trailer, pretty much. I didn't notice well, any gameplay. No, and that's fine. I mean, you know, you have to think too that State of Decay Two didn't come out all that long ago. I think it was maybe about a year or two ago. <clears throat> so I'm not surprised that they didn't show gameplay of State of Decay Two, uh, uh, State of Decay Three rather. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So I think the fact that we know it's coming, you should be happy. Um, I know we discussed this yesterday uh, during one of our conversations that I think, I guess the impression you kind of get that it might be more of a, it's survival horror. Yes, it's survival. Yes, you have to get resources and, you know, kind of like build your fort and like try not to get attacked. Um, I would like to see that more from like, because for those who may not have played City of Decay 2, I think it's more of a, uh, more of like a multiplayer kind of a feel to it even though you're playing by yourself but you can have you could have others in your game <clears throat> so i would like to see just maybe a different take to state of decay 3 where it's more survival horror as opposed to just you know farming resources and building your you know building up your barracks mm-hmm. and stuff like that the trailer looked promising that zombie deer man <laughs> yeah the zombie <laughs> yeah no that looks cool it's something different it's something new so, uh, you know, when you, when they're showing something new, you can't go wrong. So uh, I like that. I like that. Um, one game I think that really stood out for me uh, was Avowed. Avowed, uh, a new IP from um, the studio Obsidian, which the Obsidian is responsible for the Outer Wilds, uh, which is a popular game that, uh, I mean, Outer Wilds did show in a, an expansion at this conference. But mm-hmm. Avowed gives you that vibe of... Uh, Skyrim kind of deal, you know, like an Elder Scrolls vibe, uh, first person seemingly. Um, I thought it looked cool. Uh, I mean, that was that was one that kind of caught, I wasn't quite sure of. Like, uh, like I saw the cinematic, like, okay, medieval setting, okay, what's this? And then the last part where if that was any indication of gameplay, I hope so because that looked awesome. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's another game I'm looking forward to for sure. Avowed. I'm trying to. There were so many games. Bear with me. Avowed was which one? I think it was at the end of the trailer where a guy pulls out a sword and he kind of like waves his hand. He has like this magic thing, like his hand turns blue, like he does a spell. Oh, um, right. Okay. Yeah, I think there was arrows being thrown in the sky at the beginning of the trailer. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it looks cool. Not my bag. But it does look pretty cool uh, in that regard. It's Vibe Cine Entertainment. It's kind of like an RPG first person thing. Yeah. Not my bag, but looks cool. Um, yeah, yeah, we have to keep in mind too, okay? A lot of the, well, just go, go back a, a little bit. A lot of criticism that came from the Xbox One is that there was not a lot of games. So, uh, even from E3 press conference, not a lot of exclusives, not a lot of games. They showed games from nine of their 15 first party studios so you're yeah. you're essentially getting nine first party i can count on one hand how many first party games sony are going to show up with and people are just going to be like oh my god this is the greatest thing i can count on one hand you know mm-hmm. so now you're getting nine and you know so let, 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 let's just keep that in context that these are nine different games there are nine games that Obviously, yes, at this point, we don't know what they're about. We kind of get it. You kind of get a feel of what they're about just by looking at the trailers. But, you know, I think you should. It, it's promising. The console, uh, the, this generation, 
for Xbox fans looks very, very promising. Um, you know, with their buildup of all these studios, this spot out was done, what, about a year ago? A year ago? A year and a half ago? About, um, I'd say about a year, year and a half, two max. Okay. It was relatively, relatively uh, quick. It wasn't, um, keep in mind, you have to give kudos, uh, some credit to Microsoft and the event and the, and the way that despite the buyout, these games, like the games like Outer Wilds, uh, were still allowed come out on the PlayStation because of the previous agreement that Sony and uh, Obsidian had. So they could have just been jerks and turn around and say, well, the hell with you. We own the, we own the studio. Uh, Outer Wilds is not going to come out on the, on the PS4. You know, so that's another thing too, to, to look at the direction that, this, uh, that the company is going in. Um, I don't agree with a lot of the direction that, uh, <clears throat> that Phil has envisioned for Xbox. But overall, I mean, it's a hell of a change from uh, when Don Matrick run the company when the uh, when the Xbox One first launched. So it's uh, it's looking good, man. It's looking good. It's looking good. And so, are you thinking that the Outer World <coughs> DLC that they announced won't be for right. the PS4? Then I don't think so. Could be. Maybe it'll be a uh, timed exclusive, like maybe a year later. I, did, I didn't get any indication that there would be. I guess they can kind of still allow Obsidian to still support their old game. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's money in Microsoft's pocket, right? So even if it's on a PS4, but it's also what is Sony going to support after the PS5 launch? You know, that's a whole other matter. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so there was the Forza Motorsports. They didn't show much there. That was whatever. Uh, cool. I will see it when it comes to Xbox Series X. One game I thought was looked pretty cool was uh, the Medium. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I listened to um, you know there's a lot of other uh, like say like more in depth like insider information. Major Nelson, uh, who you, a lot of Xbox fans might know from E3 uh, pre E3 shows, uh, he's been working at Microsoft I think since the launch of Xbox Live back in 2002. So he's, oh. he's, been, he's been in there. He, uh, he has his own podcast, which is great. You know, when you listen to a lot of these podcasts from guys who are on the inside, you get a lot more insight to stuff that guys like us listening to other shows or people who are listening to this show won't get because we just don't have that information. It's, it's, it's normal. Right. And he spoke to the developers of the game and their wish to kind of bring this game to kind of give it a vibe of Silent Hill. Um, obviously, they use the composer of the initial, of the original Silent Hill to make the music. And for those who are as old as I am, who played the first Silent Hill, you kind of get that feel like it's like like very ambient music, but scary at the same time. So I love the first Silent Hill. I like all of them for that matter, and uh, it's definitely a Silent Hill vibe. So you can't go wrong with that. Definitely in the whole dual reality thing too. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah um, that, was, that was really, really cool. Uh, I would like to see how it's implemented. Is it easy to switch back and forth? Yeah. Or do you have to get into certain points of the map? Like, is it like is it maybe some kind of a pentagram-esque symbol that you see on the floor or on a wall that allows you to do it? Or is it just it, something that's in the person themselves, like a power that they have? The way that they made it seem, it's like it's always <clears throat> on. But then you noticed on certain parts he didn't have it. So we'll have to wait and see. Seems interesting enough. Different kind of concept. This whole dual reality thing. That's pretty cool. I haven't seen that in a game. So it's looks cool in that regard. That's only coming I, out for Xbox One though. Xbox One Series X. The developers did say that the 
way they wanted to make the game would be almost impossible to do it on an Xbox One X, despite the Xbox One X being very powerful. So I, uh, for, for them to be saying that is, uh, is interesting, and I think it would give you an indication of what kind of a game it is, that it's really a game that utilizes that extra power, where it's not a game that can just be thrown on the previous generation and say, well, let's see if it sticks, you know? So you know that this is something that is going to run on Xbox Series X and PC. So yeah, it's definitely going to look good. I hope, as far as the dual reality is concerned, I hope it's something that you yourself as the player could go in and out of. Because if it's mm. something that, let's say, interchanges within the story as you're playing alone, would be a little bit annoying. You know, I think that I would hope that you kind of like, let's say if you have to progress to a certain point, if you have to go back and forth to get to a different point of the map or wherever the case, wherever you have to go, if that's something that you have to do in the game where to, for you to progress, that would be cool, you know. Mm. I just hope it's not something that's sporadic. It'll just pop up out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No. I like that idea though. Uh, mm. To make it where you have to progress more into the game, you have to use your dual reality person because it's only available in that reality. That'd be cool. There was another game back in the day for those who may not remember, uh, Soul Reaver. The first Soul Reaver on the PlayStation, uh, obviously in a, in a different uh, form now, but. It was allowing you to kind of go back and forth between the spirit realm and the and the real world, and that kind of allowed you to progress. So I mean, if they can implement it that way, that'd be really cool. You know, uh, that would be something I would be looking forward to. You know, that game was so annoying though. I hated going into each realm, and then I, I, all I can remember from that game now is Kane Victor. <laughs> like it was like a whole little thing. <clears throat> Well, I mean, look, it was a game that was at, uh, from that era. It was late PlayStation 1, so, That's uh, it. you know, we got, you know, it was still good, though. I liked it. No, it was good. It was just uh, super annoying and super hard, and, yeah. Right. I, pro I probably just was garbage in it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so aside from that, I, I was there any other games that kind of caught your eye? <clears throat> well, I liked, um, I played the original Psychonauts on the original Xbox, um, I thought, I mean, you know, for those, it's, it, it is what it is. It was always intended to be kind of like a quirky game that was fun to play, that had a good story, gameplay was fun, and the games that came out from Double Fine were generally always, yeah, and they're, they're, that's the style of that studio, a little, little quirky, but just fun overall to play. Um, Stalker 2 was one of the first-person shooters. I think it was a few first-person shooters they showed during that conference. Uh, Stalker 2, um, maybe for you PC gamers out there, you would know that the uh, first Stalker was a PC game. Uh, it was a kind of like, a, I wouldn't say RPG, but kind of had a little bit of RPG elements to it. Mm. <clears throat> a little bit of a dark dark feel uh, to the game. Um, Warhammer games, uh, the, the dark time, the Warhammer game, I guess, I'm guessing it's like a kind of like a four-player multiplayer. Uh, that looks like it could be interesting. The Gunk was something that caught me by surprise. I don't know if you remember what the gunk was. It was like a little kid with a um, girl or, or a boy, whatever, that had like some kind of a weird hand uh, contraption on their hand. Right. Uh, the graphics on it is like, whoa. You know, I mean, yes, it's a 3D platformer. Yes, generated more towards kids. But uh, if that was any indication of gameplay, sign me up. I mean, I can't wait for, for it to launch because it looked great. 
Really that, that's it. And, and along that token as well, what I kind of like, they showed us a little bit um, in March and then they gave us a little bit more of a, a, a little bit more of a expose, if you will, uh, for Grounded. Um, yeah. Which I, I like it because like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was like one of my best movies and you're pretty much in a yard and you're a kid and you're, you're shrunk and you're like doing stuff and it's just super kitty. You know what I mean? So well, let's keep in mind, this is a game that was intended on this current generation you know so let's let's just you know just take take that in for a minute and you know and it's not an xbox series x game there is a version coming out for xbox series x that you'll be able to get for free due to smart delivery uh so yeah that look, it looks like it's a you know listen at the end of the day you, you you're spending a lot of money on these consoles and if you're gonna base your success of the console just on a few titles here and there and then you're finding yourself uh browsing through the store on whatever console you're playing on it's like okay what do i play now you know so i mean there there was definitely variety that was shown at the show i don't get why people are bitching this is all on game pass but the, you but know what i mean i think that the real winner if you really look at it the real winner was game pass the winner that's of it. this conference was game pass despite the great titles that we know are coming out. Let, let's look at Destiny now. Destiny is a game that's been out since 2014. Okay. Destiny oh. now, and it's been said that Destiny is going to be made on PS5 and Xbox Series X. But to know that all Destiny 2 DLC and the game is going to be on Game Pass, what more do you want? I was shocked when they released Red Dead Redemption 2 on Game Pass. You know what I mean? There's so many games there. And all you're paying is like, whatever, 13, 14 bucks for all of this. So I, I don't see why people are, by the way, what is the uh, smart delivery? Cause that I was completely confused by. Smart delivery basically is, um, for example, if you were to buy a game this current generation, Microsoft has implemented it. It's based on uh, developer, by developer by developer, but they kind of, from what I've gathered and what kind of information I've read on the internet, is that, for example, uh, in the case of Madden 21 that was uh, showed in, Mar in May, uh, if you were to buy Madden 21 now on Xbox One, you get the Madden 21 version of the Series X at no extra cost. Oh. You know? And yeah, which is which is great. Uh, that's something that I think Microsoft has uh, really pushed, uh, is encouraging developers. I'm sure there's some kind of a monetary value, to, a monetary a reasoning behind it as well that maybe Microsoft pays a little bit of extra to the developers say hey listen let's not charge an extra you know us being in Canada an extra 80 bucks now because considering that now next gen games are going to be ten dollars more expensive oh I didn't hear that is. yeah yeah I mean, if you look at some pre-orders on certain websites they're like at 89.99 so you'll get a uh, 102 100 103 bucks a month so oh my god uh, so for if, if the vast if the majority of the games you're gonna buy if they're gonna come out on Xbox Series on Xbox One X or Xbox One for that matter if you can get the version for free as a free upgrade I think that's a win you know it's when you think about it it's not a it's a new feature in consoles yes well I mean Sony kind of had it a little bit when the PS4 launched that if you bought uh, Ghosts no if you bought uh, Black, uh, Battlefield 4 on PS3, uh, actually you had to pay, it was 10 bucks. For $10 extra, you got the PS4 version. 
you know so that was some games did that in the early in the early time of this generation mm. but if you look at from a pc side of things you change your video card and you download whether it's now rtx video cards uh ray tracing uh when you're downloading maybe some hdr content i mean that's nothing new you know what i mean it's new on console but the concept itself of buying one game and just getting updated graphics uh, for free i mean that's existed in pc for years so it's nothing new and it's only based on certain developers well we know, as far as far as what we know now uh first everything that's first party is gonna have that feature smart delivery um uh, we know ea obviously is doing it um i think there might be a few others i think might ubisoft might do it for the assassin's creed but then again assassin's creed is coming out on series x so it, it could be it could be there are other studios that are doing it we know cyberpunk that's another big title cyberpunk 2077 uh cd project red did come out and say that smart delivery will be a part of that game mm-hmm. you know so i mean if you buy it uh, i think it's by if i'm not mistaken it's launching in september uh well, so, it doesn't get delayed again yeah uh <laughs> which which in that point but 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 at the end of the day even if it does get delayed and it comes out in november if you can save 10 bucks save 10 bucks just buy the xbox one version and get yeah. the xbox series x version for free um i know that they're doing it as well for the ps5 that if you buy it on uh, cyberpunk on ps4 you'll be able to get the ps5 version at no extra cost um I know Sony's kind of somewhat implemented that to certain degrees, but I think they're allowing it. I think they're basically leaving it up to the developer, where, uh, which is in turn making it optional. But at the same time, if Microsoft is pushing that and you're pushing a lot of these third-party developers to make to implement this feature into their system that, hey, if you buy it on an older generation, you get the new generation for free, it's going to force Sony to do the same thing. They'll have no choice whether they like to or not. That probably led to another conversation. Is there anything else on the showcase? that Uh, Fantasy Star. Uh, I I liked Fantasy Star on Dreamcast. Um, Obviously, you know, I mean, you had to have it connected to a modem. And back then, uh, if you had a dial-up modem, you were pretty much screwed because you couldn't go on the internet and play at the same time. But uh, I like seeing Fantasy Star. It kind of gave a Final Fantasy vibe to it. But uh, the gameplay looked uh, looked really cool. And, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be an online multiplayer, which is what you would expect from Fantasy Star. Right. But other than that, I mean, we have to go with what closed out the show. And uh, even though it was a trailer, but I'm happy to see that Fable was announced. We kind of expected it. Um, right. It's a little strange that it's from Playground Games. Because uh, even though Playground Games, for those who don't know, are the studio that do the Forza Horizon series, so um, they kind of built a new studio within the company. Uh, every, I think they did this ever since they got uh, officially, officially purchased by Microsoft. So it was it was interesting to see that a studio that was known for amazing looking car games because if you look at the forza horizon series compared to forza motorsport uh they're two different games it's an open world racing game so for them to take uh, take on fable is is interesting and i was happy to see fable announced so i've never actually played fable 
Um, well, have, so, you been, have you been living under a rock, Justin? I mean, I, I have, I have, especially <laughs> now with COVID here. Definitely been yeah, living yeah. under a rock. But no, I don't know. I just it was. Uh, I, was Fable always was Fable an Xbox game? It was always an Xbox yeah, game. Fa- right? Yeah, Fable was initially made by Lionhead Studios, uh, which is, uh, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, no longer around. But Lionhead had made a lot of games. I think on, uh, early on on the PC and on the Mac. Uh, back in the day, but uh, Fable was one of the first games that uh, stood out on the original Xbox, and right. uh, subsequently they came, they came out with two other sequels on the 360, which all three games are backwards compatible on Xbox One. So anyone who wanting to check out the Fable series, if you own the Fable Anniversary Edition on Xbox 360, and I which think if I you own like the you initial, do. I do yes, <laughs> but the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think the initial, the original Xbox version of Halo, uh, Halo, uh, Fable, Fable 2 and Fable 3 are backwards compatible. So for those who maybe don't really know what Fable is, and I never tried it, I mean, if you can go find a, a Fable game at a pawn well, shop, pop it in your Xbox One. I feel like it's it. also on the Game Pass, though. I think so. I think it is, too. So that's another thing, too. I mean, if you have Game Pass uh, or thinking about getting it, I do implore you to go check it out. Uh, listen, I don't work for Microsoft. Uh, if I did, I wouldn't have the job that I have. I'd be very, very happy if I worked for a company like Microsoft. But uh, when you look at the value you get from Game Pass, <clears throat> let's not let's not forget Game Pass Ultimate too. There's just a lot of value there. When you look at, you have Game Pass for console, you have Xbox Live Gold, and you have Game Pass for PC. So I mean, if you're a PC gamer and you have friends over, you can have a guy playing on the Xbox on your television. You can play on on your PC, so you can have like this. You could still have that kind of, uh, you know, when you, it's like a throwback to LAN parties, you know, when you just daisy chain Xboxes together and play like a bunch of people. And you can uh-huh. kind of do that now with, with, with the pot with Game Pass. So uh, I think the overall value of it is great. Um, I think it was, uh, I think that there's right to have uh, somewhat, uh, to have skeptics about the program. Like, oh my God, it's like, they're pushing it as the Netflix of gaming. But when you compare it to what Sony offers, uh, as far as that venue is concerned, Game Pass blows oh, uh, PlayStation yeah, out, out of absolutely. the water. And me, I'm more of a PS4 guy than I am an Xbox guy. I enjoy both. But my go-to is PS4 is where I buy my games. Xbox, though, is where I have the Game Pass and then the Xbox exclusives. Right, um, right, right. The, the Game Pass is just phenomenal. First and foremost, it is. Um, it the is. games for gold. The fact that you're getting four games in a month, uh, whether two be Xbox 360 yeah. games, it doesn't necessarily matter. It's just I find that the Game Pass PlayStation Now I feel is weird because you're streaming, right? You're not downloading it. Well, PS4 PS4 games you you could download them, but uh, yeah, the streaming is garbage. I mean, it's just I've used it. So, like I said once again. I'm someone who does own a PS4. I tried it out. Uh, if you are going to use PlayStation Now, the best bet is download your game on your console. Do not stream because it is horrible. Uh, the stream is disgusting. I don't know how, what server it's coming off of, but Sony servers traditionally haven't been the greatest, even for online play compared mm. to Xbox Live. It's a, it's, a, it's a different business model. I mean, I think... They had no choice to come out with PlayStation Now because they kind of knew, or well, PlayStation Now I think came out before Game Pass. Right. But to, uh, yeah, because Sony purchased a company called uh, Gaikai, 
which was a streaming company back in the I think in the early early 2010 about. Yeah, it's not, it's not the same thing. I mean, they could be comparable, both both services, but it's not. At the end of the game, Game, game Pass is uh, leaps and leaps and bounds um, better than uh, PlayStation now. For sure, absolutely. Um, and then that's it. So that was your showcase. <clears throat> A lot of games, obviously. Halo being the biggest thing, Fable being the next biggest thing, if you will, because um, that was a widely popular <clears throat> game amongst. Everwild was another game that we didn't mention. Everwild looks promising too from Rare. You know, Rare is a studio that hasn't come out with a whole lot as of late, except uh, like remasters. The exception of Sea of. Well, that and also, I mean, they had Sea of Thieves. You know, but Sea of Thieves obviously is uh, you oh, know attracts okay. a certain audience. Right. But uh, Ever Everwild looks interesting. Yeah, that's another game I forgot to mention. Everwild looks cool. Listen, at the end of the day, this showcase showed a little bit for everybody. Um, okay, fine. They didn't go. They didn't. Well, they had sports. Yeah, they had racing. You know, they they showed motorsport, which you kind of knew was coming. Keep in mind, there's an event in August. You know? They made Hello Neighbor look like it was like the next <clears> big <throat> thing. <laughs> right. Uh, so I ended up playing the because Hello Neighbor is also on Game Pass. So I ended up playing right. the the first one. I was like, okay, not my bag, but you know, they made it a big thing there, and I was like, okay, cool. All, but all these games are on Game Pass or are coming out on Game Pass. So that is just completely awesome to me. There was over 10 exclusive titles, 22 games in total. Um, it was a lot. It was a lot in under an hour. Yeah. So that's that's pretty telling. And that was great. I was entertained. Well, I got what yeah. they want, but people are still bitching. Yeah, Microsoft has gotten a lot of flack over the years. Let's say if you if you look back to their some past E3 press conferences, where it seemed like there was just a lot of talking. And I think over the last three years at this point, because there was no E3 this year, there's been more a focus of just showing games, show games, show games. Yeah, you'll have your developer come on stage and talk, which happened at the show as well. But it was just games, 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 which is what people. People bitched about Xbox not doing that. They do it, yet they still bitch, which uh, leads me to believe that there's just way too many Sony fanboys out there. Um, and I do, in fact, <clears throat> like how they do it now. You know, yeah. uh, COVID during COVID times kind of thing, where they just make it online. It's not a big cinema. You have a few people talking here and there. I don't have to hear the people clapping every five seconds. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just straight to the straight to the gunk pardon the pun with the game coming out of things yeah. um you know just we yeah, get what we want we don't get the the theatrics of of the stage of people coming out of announcing people here um i just find it's even better even for the ps5 reveal i was just like oh okay this is it i just want to see games i want to see this i don't need the extra added stupidities well, it's, it's funny because, I mean, granted that they had no choice to do it like this, but Nintendo's been doing this for years uh, with right. their showcase events. You know, I mean, they did it when I think Wii U was kind of phasing out. They did it when the Switch was being announced. Uh, so it's nothing new. I mean, it seemingly works for Nintendo. I know right. Nintendo's been pretty successful with the Switch so far. Um, mm. I think it's kind of died down a little bit. I mean, there hasn't been, like, really... God knows what. I mean, what. I mean, it's it's Nintendo's MO at the end of the day. They like to just show a picture and say, hey, it's coming. So, kind of like <laughs> what they did with Metroid Metroid Prime 4. It's like, okay, let's play some music, show a game, show a graphic, boom, done. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we know it's coming, but when? You know what I mean? So, uh, but 
Nintendo has been successful throughout the years of just sticking with their first party. And uh, in my in my estimation, I think they have the biggest first party uh, lineups they do. I mean, you slap a Mario game out there, and it's, it's going to sell. That's it. And, you know, it's catered toward kids too, right? So they just make it right. simple. It's not like all flashy. Sure. They're just like, here, guys, Nintendo. Hey, here's the guy snapping. Here's the game coming out then. Bye. Get out of here. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's just very simplest, and it works. It's simple marketing. It works. Here, hey, mom, I want this game. Look, boom. Okay, cool. I have the game. That's it. So, yeah, they've been doing it for years. It's worked for them. There's, you know, the only talk I hear about Nintendo now is because of their drifting, Joy-Con drifting issue. Um, yeah. But aside from that, I'm not hearing anything bad or good. People just don't mind how they do the things because it's just good marketing. And uh, that's that's Nintendo. They're just they're just in their own league, though. They just do their own thing. That's uh, yeah, yeah. They're in their, they're happy. They're happy being in their own little bubble, and they'll participate with whatever they do. It's interesting to see the relationship that Nintendo and Microsoft have. Um, I mean, aside from Minecraft, but the fact that uh, Microsoft obviously had to allow Banjo Kazooie a part of Smash Brothers. Oh, that so is true. It, okay. Yeah, you know, it's a rare it's a rare property. Obviously, Rare is owned by Microsoft, so for them to allow Banjo-Kazooie to be on uh, on the uh, on Smash Brothers as a DLC mm. was interesting, and it only poses questions about what the future is. Are we going to see... Um, I don't know if people remember it, or maybe you remember it, Justin, there was a video of some sort that was released, I'd say about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, of uh, Mario running an Unreal Engine. Uh, right. You know, obviously, obviously, that's something that would not be able to come out on Switch because the Switch just isn't uh, powerful enough. But hey, if we would be able to get a souped-up version of Super Mario 64 of some sort, but running an Unreal Engine, I ain't gonna complain. <laughs> you know, so it... I I don't know, man. I don't think they'll do that. I don't. Not Mario. Mario is gonna stay strictly Nintendo for. Well, let's. Let's 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 not forget Mario uh, has come out on other consoles. You know we might not remember this because uh, you may not be as old as I am, but uh, this is even before the initial PlayStation launch. Philips had a video game console called the CDI, which was responsible for the launch of three Zelda games and one Mario game. And the Mario game was called Hotel Mario, which if you can go ahead and check it out on YouTube. Uh, looks like trash, but for some yep. reason Nintendo's talking <laughs> about bringing it to the Switch. I don't know why they would bring Hotel Mario to the Switch. I don't understand, but apparently they are. So, uh, so yeah. It's uh, anyways. It's it's interesting to see where that partnership uh, is going. Yeah. Are they bringing it through the online portion, or they're actually bringing yeah, it from, as like a port? No, I think it's going to be a part of their online thing, like kind of like what they did with the NES and Super Nintendo along with uh, some N64 classics. Mm. Um, so I guess they kind of would have to do that to give value to why you would spend, granted it's not expensive to spend 25 bucks a year for Nintendo Network Online, but if it's just to play online, I mean, I guess you'd want to have some kind of added value to it. Right. That definitely does it, for sure. That's Nintendo for you. And yeah, so that's it. That was their showcase. I certainly it was a lot better than... I mean, it's a different showcase technically, but the PS5 reveal, you know, the, the they showed off the PS5. Uh, there was a bunch of memes on how the PS5 looked. 
um because it looked like almost like a fan you know what i mean or, or like router. a router <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i just um, saw a lot of pictures where someone take a, a router and put like two pieces of white paper, paper on each right. side of the router and it's like uh, this is the ps5 and it's valid <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. well <laughs> If if you look at the the way the Xbox Series X is designed, that it's a dual motherboard system, uh, I think that allowed them to give that more of a PC-ish look to it, which isn't a bad thing. Granted, keep in mind mm. you could lie it on its side. Uh, I, for one, I'm not. I'm going to keep it standing up because I just think it looks cool standing up. One of the rare times that having a console standing makes sense, you know. Right. Um, the PS5 obviously larger than the PS3 was when it came out, and if, for those who remember how big the PS3 was when it first came out, I mean, there was no joke behind that. Uh, it's it larger than the PS3. It's uh, well, um, I don't know if it's maybe as far as thickness is, is concerned, but standing up, it is. Standing up, it is longer, mm. taller than the PS3. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, there's, there's pictures on the internet. I think IGN might have one on their site where they kind of have a console comparison of uh, the Xbox One. Uh, Xbox and then there was some X. kind of like leaked photo. There was some kind of like leaked photo that someone did in a warehouse. I don't know if that was legit or not, though. Um, it was all over Twitter. I don't think it was legit, but it did make it seem like it was bigger uh, than the PS3. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. <clears throat> But I this, don't was, know. this was a picture that was from IGN that IGN posted. I'm assuming that they kind of just put consoles standing up one, one like uh, beside each other to give the indication. Uh, the console definitely does look longer than the PS3. I'm not I'm not necessarily surprised it's that big because I'm sure a lot of it is airflow. Because like I said, uh, I mean having a powerful CPU with that much RAM that it has would need as much airflow as it does. The console doesn't look like it has that much airflow, keep in mind. There's air vents on the top. It's, I mean, Sony hasn't really explained much as far as the industrial design of the console. I mean, even I think in June, when the console was first announced, uh, Mark Cerny spent uh, about 30 minutes just talking about audio, which is always right. fun. You know, <laughs> trying to explain how 3D audio works. So uh, right. it looks okay. I mean, I, I don't necessarily have anything negative about how it looks. I guess it would depend on your uh, your setup and see how you're going to have it a part of your whole setup. The thing I kind of wasn't a big fan of is maybe the controller. Oh, that's um, one of the I things I like. Of... I, I thought it was unique. I don't know how good it will feel in my hands, sort of deal. But I thought it was unique because Sony's kept the same controller for the last three generations. Well, I mean, if you look back from the PS1, PS2, PS3, is essentially the same controller. Uh, had the same feel. Maybe some buttons had a different feel to it. But then they changed it completely when they went to the PS4. It was more of a rounded grip when you held the, the actual controller. Right. And you ended up... like I actually, when the PS4 launched, I always said that I preferred the PS3 controller over the PS4 one. Just because you were just so used to it over... You know, almost uh, 20 years at that point. So for them to change it now and make it look a little bit more beefier, almost Xbox-esque, and maybe a little bit wider, you know, um, the dual sense features that they had, like you know, rumble in the tr in the triggers. Uh, right. Sony fan Sony fanboys out there, don't get your panties in a bunch because that's been an Xbox controllers since Xbox One. Uh, as far as how their rumble is gonna. 
how their rumble features are they going to implement in games? I guess it would be dependent on developers. Wait, but didn't we always have rumble? No, no, but I mean the the dual sense. I'm I'm, I'm assuming that the um, kind of like how uh, Nintendo sold HD Rumble as this. Uh, depending on what you do in the game, it'll vibrate a different way. Oh, you know uh, I mean? okay. So I'm assuming that Dual Sense is gonna have something like that. Like depending on what you do in the game, it'll rumble a certain way. It'll vibrate this way, or who knows? I mean, they haven't mm. really explained too too much on it. I don't think. Well, I mean, I don't think they really. I think they should have, considering that they've kind of number one, it's not called Dual Shock anymore; it's Dual Sense. So you would think, okay, well, what's the difference between Dual Shock and Dual Sense? So right. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming close to closer to when pre-orders or when the, the price of the consoles actually revealed, they might talk about that. I don't hate the controller. I'm not trying to say I hate it. I think that they kind of probably, you know, they've had seven years with the PS4 controller. I think if they would have upgraded that a little bit and kept that model, something that people were used to as opposed to going something completely different. The touchpad, I think, is stupid. In my opinion, it was dumb on the PS4. Uh, yeah, it didn't serve, in my opinion, much of a purpose. Uh, mm. You know, you had some like little kitty games that allowed you to use it. Or, I mean, they were good for the PS Link games if you weren't using your uh, smartphone. Um, but right. even then, it kind of got super annoying, and then I just ended up using my smartphone. So some games, it was just an extra button so you can get into the menu because obviously right. the, there's a share there was a share button on the PS4, so that that click on the touchpad, much like the, the touchpad on a PS Vita, was kind of not really used. I don't think anyone really cared much of the touchpad on the PS4. No, that's it. It was uh, essentially pointless. Uh, I'm also not a fan of the white, to be honest with you. I think they're going to come out with a black <clears throat> model uh, as well. I, I, th I think that would depend on the version. If, let's say, if there's a box in, if there's a, a pack-in game, um, kind of like how they did with uh, Destiny. I think Destiny had a white PS4 Pro and a white PS4. Um, I think Final Fantasy or Star Wars had a, uh, well, the console was always black, but I think it would be dependent on whatever packing game comes. Uh, the white and black is not a big deal to me. I think it's it's a little different. It's uh, you know, right. like I said, I don't. Yeah. I'm more intrigued on what the price difference is between the disc version of the console and the all digital version. Right. I'm assuming it would be maybe 50 bucks cheaper. Because I mean, at the end of the day, a, a, a Blu-ray drive, a 4K UHD Blu-ray drive, probably isn't as expensive as it was uh, five, six, seven years ago. Did they so, mention uh, that they were going to sell Blu-ray technically? <clears throat> well, I mean, listen, for if Sony would have not would have not included a 4K Blu-ray drive inside their consoles, they'd be stupid uh, because <laughs> the Xbox One S had a 4K Blu-ray drive. You know, I mean, I know Sony has kind of uh, when they came out with the PS4 Pro push that streaming 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 like streaming is the thing but even though it is in a large case like you, you look at the you know, services like netflix and amazon prime there is a large amount of people that just like to collect they like to have the box it's something that they like to do right so for them to spend 500 dollars on a ps4 pro and not be able to play a 4k uhd movie in it sucks i think it sucks you know so ah damn you know uh, i didn't even I didn't even realize that because I, I recently <clears throat> just bought a PS4 Pro, never put a Blu-ray uh, movie inside. Uh, so well, I mean, a regular, obviously regular Blu-ray does work, that yes, but a, a 4K 
Blu-ray doesn't. Oh, okay, fair enough. Okay, so I'm still good. I'm still happy I don't have a 4K TV, so I won't be using that. Yeah, yeah no, but... Well, I can't uh, anyways. A regular... Yeah, but a, a regular Blu-ray does work, yes. It's not only just for game, for movies, too. I think, obviously, just kind of the kind of games that you're going to come out with now on the PS5 uh, because of the capacity of the disc. Because I think 4K Blu-ray discs, if I'm not mistaken, vary from maybe 75 to 100 some odd gigs in capacity. That's crazy. So it would make it would make sense that they would have a 4K UHD player in it, and to mm-hmm. obviously in having that, you would enable 4K Blu-ray. <clears throat> I think overall, when you when we were talking about Sony, I mean the presentation that they had in June, cool. I think it was it was okay. I think my my issue with it is their fanboy, and uh, the fanboys being that oh my God, Miles Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Well, we all knew that there was going to be another Spider-Man game because Stu- Sony made Insomniac a first-party studio. So you knew that was coming. They didn't show any gameplay. There was kind of mixed signals on whether was this going to be an expansion to Spider-Man that was on PS4. Because from what we know, uh, the limited backwards compatibility of the PS5 is going to have Spider-Man as a a backwards compatible game. Mm -hmm. So they weren't really sure if it was going to be Spider-Man, Miles Morales was going to be a a standalone game or just an expansion. I mean, Ratchet & Clank was Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean uh, I mean if you've played Ratchet and Clank on the PS3 which looked great on the PS3, you pretty much played almost yeah, I mean it's you're not missing or you're not getting much different out of it. Obviously fidelity is going to be uh, played to a factor into it. Uh, I mean 2K11 is going to be multi-platform. Um, I mean they haven't really showed much first party. When you think about it. I mean they showed this game Godfall initially when the PS5 was, I think it was in March. When the PS5, everyone knew it was coming, but when the idea, when the name was first thrown out in the market, mm-hmm. uh, in the market, in the public rather, that they, they showed this game Godfall, which everyone thought was going to be first party, which from what I've read isn't now, it's multi-platform. So I'm not surprised they have it. I mean, uh, Last of Us oh. 2 is going to be on, uh, is going to be on PS5. It's backwards compatible. Uh, and it's going to get PS5 upgrades for free, you know, because right. obviously Naughty Dog is a first-party uh, first party studio. Same deal so, goes for Grand, uh, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto on both consoles are going to get upscaled. Uh, I think Destiny, I'm not sure if Destiny, maybe Destiny was going to get it, because I know uh, Activision and Destiny kind of had like a, a Sony partnership at the beginning, and I think that kind of has fallen out because Bungie and Activision aren't really playing nice with each other anymore. So mm. who knows what, who knows what kind of deal that and you have to think too that Bungie has a long history with uh, Microsoft as well. I mean they were the initial designers of Halo. Oh right. So True. I mean the reveal was okay. Um, they didn't really show much as far as games or let's say what to expect. I mean yeah there was the Gran Turismo but once again you kind of knew that was coming. When it's coming, who knows? Is it going to be a launch title? I think Miles Morales is being said to be a Spider-Man game. is being said to be a launch title. I mean, considering that the consoles aren't that far away, I mean, if you look at the the promo, uh, the, the promotion that both companies have done, I don't think Sony has done that that great of a of a job. I mean, you would think that they they were kind of last to the game showing the console. I don't know. What do you What did you think? 
Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, so it was pretty simple. Um, I do see a lot. I've read a lot of people were excited about the Spider-Man. Um, again, it was still confusing as to what that was, though, whether it was a DLC or an actual game. I feel like they're going the actual game route, though. Um, it was just, it was whatever. The The only thing I really remember from the reveal was the whole NBA 2K21 showing the sweat, like the sweat system, how crazy that was, and so on. But nothing crazy. I think they're gearing up for something big before launch, maybe sometime in October, uh, something like that. Um, cause they have to show you something. They have to show you something. Right. Xbox, I feel has always been really good with their presentations. Well, for the most part, um, you know, they, they like to, they like to market their stuff. I feel better. They, these, these catchy, uh, lines and so on. And they, they, they know how to market. I feel more so than Sony does, but maybe Sony is just kind of waiting for more when it comes down to the wire, more October before it comes out. To get you kind of all excited for the games, because what's supposed to, I well, we don't know technically, but it's supposed to be a November release, I guess. <clears throat> well, I mean, if there's any indication to, um, if you look at Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, if I'm not mistaken, or even as far as Ubisoft, well, well in, in Ubisoft's case is concerned, uh, I think Assassin's Creed Valhalla is coming out in October and Watch Dogs is in November. So that kind of gives you, I mean, it's a little bit of a, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there had been a lot of somewhat rumors that it was going to come out in October. But then I heard initially that the, the, the initial plans for the Xbox Series X release was in August. But then right. obviously, uh, I guess uh, the complications with uh, COVID-19 hit. So I'm not surprised that they... Uh, would have pushed it back. I would say, in my opinion, if I had to take a best guess, I would say they would come out maybe much like uh, this generation was, maybe like I'd say a week apart, maybe maybe not. I think if Microsoft is smart, they should come out first, um, mm. just to get just to get even if it's just a week. I think just to get that heads up. I would say probably I wouldn't be surprised October. Honestly, I, I would say October, I mean, considering what was happened with the uh, with the lockdown and stuff like that. I think. Even though money is an issue for a lot of people, have these consoles coming out a month early wouldn't be too, too bad of a thing, you know, for people wanting to buy them for their kids for Christmas. You don't have just a month. You have like now two months to kind of like prepare to buy it, you know, mm. and obviously Chris Christmas at a, a new console launch is always a big thing. So I wouldn't be surprised October. October. Okay. Well, I mean, to give you kind of a, a thing, uh, PS, PlayStation, like the 4 was released the 15th of November. The 3rd was <laughs> released right. on the 11th of November. Yeah. Um, the 2nd, for some reason, was released in March um, of 2000. So generally, for the last two generations, they've been kind of staying with the November release. Whether yeah. that has anything into play, I don't know. You know, who uh, with COVID, obviously, that pushed a lot of things back. The launches were, for the most part, in November, uh, except for PS2. We'll see. But uh, sooner rather than later, if Xbox comes out first, you know, it is what it is. I feel like the Sony people will go with the Sony one first. The Microsoft people will go there. Uh, But yeah, either way, it's going to be a nice little competition war. Now, we know that Xbox is going to have at least 100 titles come launch. Right. So... I imagine PS4, or rather, excuse me, PS5 is going to be launching, hopefully, around the same amount of titles. Gran Turismo usually was one of those games that was regularly on the launch, which, you know, cool. Well, the 100 100 titles from Xbox is Game Pass. Oh, 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, so it's, you know, the point I was going to make is that if, I mean, yes, I'm going to buy both of them, but I mean, for those who aren't and are just looking to, let's say, okay, what's my best, you know, bang for the buck anal uh, analogy, if you're going to use that, mm -hmm. if you really look at what both consoles and the value that you get out of both consoles and the services that both consoles offer, I mean, Game Pass alone should tell you which console you should buy, you know, uh, just because of, like you like we said, like the 100 games or 100 plus games that are going to be available come launch, including Xbox Series X games that will be on Game Pass. That's one thing. And let's not forget backwards compatibility. Um, I know Sony has gone through some um, restructuring in their company. They have a new CEO. The new CEO, I don't remember his name, but I remember there was a statement that he came out with, uh, I'd say, about a year ago or shortly after he'd taken the job, where he had said, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but where he basically said, uh, no one cares about playing older games. Uh, backwards compatibility oh. is uh, kind of like, eh, you know, like you kind of so, br brushed it off. So yeah. it kind of it kind of made in, it put in question. Well, all the hundred plus million people that have purchased the PS4 and those who have invested their money into the PS4 library, you're not guaranteed your PS4 games are going to work on a PS5. They've come out and said that the top 100 out of the allegedly 4,000 that have launched on PS4 oh. are going to be backwards compatible. They haven't really said what. I mean, they've given indication, obviously, Last of Us 2, Spider-Man. Yeah, it's probably going to be like their greatest hits, kind of. Most likely, I would think, maybe most of their first-party stuff, mm -hmm. uh, which is interesting in itself. I forgot to mention, Horizon is a game that I liked on PS4, which I'm looking forward to playing on PS5. But to continue my point, it's it kind of sucks because... You, you kind of look at, and this kind of goes back to the two previous generations. When you look at the 360, when the 360 came out, it was compatible with maybe at launch 10 original Xbox games. Whereas when the PS3 launched, it was compatible with PS1 and PS2, like right out of the box. No, no, no bullshit list. It was like slap in your game, it plays. You know, but then to reduce the cost of the box, they removed certain features that. You were able was one to of play them. your backwards games, right? And that was one of them. So it's interesting to see if their CEO making the statement, and then I guess having to double having to double back on the statement because you know that your competition right out right out of the gate, your Xbox One games are all going to work on Xbox One, every single one of them. You know, so I mean, there's a lot of people. Now, granted, you know, people say, "Ah, oh, well, you know, who cares about original Xbox or 360?" But I do. At least you know. Well, yeah. So do I. I mean, listen. I I've, I've, I have an, a pretty extensive, uh, at least extensive enough game library, and I'm I'm happy with it. So to be able to just have one console plugged in if I want to play my game, that's that I don't have to yeah. always like plug in another the old like, generation. Whereas, like yeah. legit, I have uh, I have so I have my PS2 so I can play my PS1 games because it's they can play. I have right. my PS3 just to play PS3 games. Uh, <laughs> right. PS4 just to play PS4 games, you know, kind of deal. Exactly. Um, some yeah. games work for PS3, but not all of them kind of thing. And, right. yeah, it's just super annoying. And just for the sake of being organized and cleanliness, just, 
I just want one freaking console to play all of my games. Because nowadays I download everything digitally just because, well, what's the point, right? What's the point of having the box if I'm not going to be able to use it for the next console and then it's just all there? So, you know, like I would at least just like if they just... You don't even have to release it as a next-gen console. Just release like a side console or something of, hey, this console will play all of these and this is why it's this much. People might end up paying for it, you know, like. Well, well, let's uh, so like in, in your in your case where, like you said, you buy a lot of digitally, and there's a lot of people that do do that. They buy a lot of their library digitally, and considering that Sony is coming out with an all digital PS5, if they had more of an extensive backwards compatibility, it would it's it, I mean that would make sense for people like you who buy a lot of your PS4 games digitally to say, hey. All my PS4 library that is stored, obviously my purchases are stored through my uh, PSN account. And I'm able to re-download those games on PS5. Because let's say maybe you you didn't finish playing this game. Or Mm -hmm. obviously that you know that it's newer hardware. So hey, maybe uh, Killzone, uh, I can't remember what it's called on PS4. But the Killzone on PS4, even though it was a launch title, hey, maybe it's going to look nicer on PS5. You know what I mean? Uh, because it's a stronger console. That's not even a guarantee that it's going to work. So I think it's a, <laughs> a real big fu to a lot of people that purchased a lot of PS4 games, hoping that, considering that you saw that how Xbox has shifted their business model and how they view backwards compatible backwards compatibility, I think a lot of Sony fans just expected. That the PS5 would be backwards compatible with everything PS4, when unfortunately it's not. You know, so that's uh, you know, for someone like me that I do have a PS4, it kind of sucks too that I would almost still have to keep my PS4 plugged in if I want to play some of the games. Uh, I guess when PS5 launches, it's going to be a guessing game, or 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 they would come out with a formal list and say, okay, this is what works. There you go. That's it. Take it or leave it. I don't know, man. I feel like the digital edition is going to be one of those things where the digital edition is backwards compatible, but the disk drive edition won't be. I don't that know. I make, feel like that would make sense, though. I, I, I mean, if they go that route, I don't find that would make much sense because then you're really splitting your customer base, whereas opposed to having it both. Let's say if both consoles were to be fully backwards compatible with the PS4. Um, People say, well, okay, hey, I could use my PS4 as a Blu-ray player. I don't have to have my standalone Blu-ray player plugged in. Right. I have an all-in-one, a true all-in-one console. Uh, whereas, let's say someone like you doesn't obviously doesn't care about having the, the, box, the physical disc, which is fine. Um, you're limited to what is compatible on uh, whatever purchases you've made on PS4, on the PlayStation Network. So, right. It's a it's an interesting thing that Sony decided to do. Um, I know this was something that their new CEO kind of put into the company. That he, I mean, like he said, and this was from his own words that backwards compatibility wasn't a big issue. It wasn't something that they were going to really focus on heavily, which is unfortunate for PS4 users that own uh, you know some of the PS4 games that they'd say, hey, yes, I've played it, yes, I beat it, but hey, let me let me give it a shot, let me play it again. 
oops, it doesn't work. I think that's going to be uh, a, a bit of a downfall. I mean, even though Sony throughout the years has had a, a huge fan base for sure, but uh, I think that's going it, to, it, it's going to make people think twice. You know, I think people might think, you know, there, there, there are going to be people like me who will, who will buy both consoles, but then for those who don't, um, you know, backwards compatibility could be a thing where it might decide which console should I buy. Naturally, yes, I own a PS4. I would buy a PS5, but this is what I don't get with it. But this is what I get with if I buy the Xbox. So there's a lot, there's a lot to take in there. You know, it's 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 uh, for a lot of people, it's a lot to uh, to look into. You know. And that's it. And, you know, a lot of uh, me personally, I'm waiting. I'm waiting a while, um, you know, just it's I don't know. I, I PS5 uh, PS4 rather. I got it maybe two, three months after it came out and whatever. And then I only got my Xbox, uh, my Xbox uh, one X. But maybe I like recently, like it may it may be six months ago, you right. know, kind of ordeal. So but. I've noticed I've been, you know, doing a lot. Their Game Pass is just extremely amazing uh, in that regard, like I mentioned earlier. Just the fact that all the games that you have there. I wanted to try Red Dead Redemption for the longest time. PS4 never had, like, a great deal on it. Hey, Game Pass, it's on Game Pass, no problem on Xbox. So I'm going through that now, you know? And for Um, someone like you that, like you say, is more of a digital uh, gamer or purchase of your games, you actually, if you want to own the game, because obviously for like for, for those who may or may not know, the games inter switch inter uh, come in and out of Game Pass. Right. You know, so eventually there are games that are removed from the program. So let's say if you are a big fan of Red Dead Redemption Two, or let's say of Grand Theft Auto Five for that matter, you can actually purchase the game being a Game Pass subscriber, but at a reduced cost. You know, I think it's like ten or twenty percent off, which. Right isn't bad i mean it's it's not a bad thing and it's basically you're just not paying the taxes so hey why not you know it's, it's all good i think that's a, that's a good option that if you really really want to keep the game i think that's i think it's good but one i mean i think really to to kind of like sum it up i think the thing that's really interesting that could set apart this upcoming generation is the buyout of wb games i think i think that mm. could be a big 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 pendulum swing in favor of Microsoft, who happens to be one of the uh, people that you would think obviously has the money to purchase WB Games, and you're, uh, the price they're looking at is about $4 billion. Let's not, not forget that Microsoft paid $2 billion to buy Mojang, and yes, Minecraft is a huge game, but at the end of the day, it's still Minecraft. So for them to open up the wallet and say, hey, we'll spend $4 billion. Let's see what we get. Well, we get Rocksteady that makes all the Batman Arkham games. We get the studio uh, Traveler's Tales that, even though it's, you know, kid games, but the Lego games are extremely popular. And let's not forget NetherRealm. And we all know what NetherRealm makes. Of course you do. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> I do. So, so, so that that's that's one thing that uh, you know could be a big it can be a big swing in Microsoft's favor. I mean, to have Mortal Kombat exclusive on your platform, that's no. huge. No, it's huge. It's huge. <laughs> well, yeah. you, you know what? It's you know what, Justin? Sure. 
shut up. It's huge, okay? Because <laughs> I, I myself would love to see a crossover of Mortal Kombat and Killer Instinct. And those are both franchises that are that would well i mean if the buyout were to happen would be under microsoft's umbrella because i detested the crossover of mortal kombat and dc i thought it was pure trash that warner brothers uh, i mean it was before that warner brothers bought midway so all the dc characters couldn't be seen as killing people right you know so that so the fatalities were kind of like like you didn't really see much you know, which was interesting why how they included Joker in uh, Mortal Kombat 11, because it's he's as violent as you can get. Mm. But I think a crossover between Mortal Kombat and Killer Instinct would be awesome. That'd be I interesting. Think would, I, I think it would work because I mean they're very similar games, obviously. Um, and you look at some other crossover fighting games like Street Fighter and Tekken just didn't work. I mean, which I'm shocked about. It. Yeah. No, I'm not because one's a 3D fighter and the other one's 2D. So I'm not I'm not shocked that it didn't work because it was Capcom that made the game, so it was going to be in that Street Fighter vein of uh, style of play, and you don't expect to see Tekken fighters like that. That's you true. Know what I mean, yeah, that's valid. And, and just the fact that one is 3D and one's 2D just didn't work for me. Mm. But when you look at Mortal Kombat and Killer Instinct, the characters granted are different. But they kind of have that same vibe that like there's like these powers they have like these weird powers to them, so you know I, I think that would work out. They're both combo good. based, heavy combo based. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. You like you, you know, don't have fatalities or finishers in Killer Instinct, if I'm not mistaken. Not at the same level as Mortal Kombat, no. But I mean, there are some special finishers that you can do. It's not as uh, violent, of course. That in itself, as a crossover, I think would sell. But even just having Mortal Kombat 12 exclusive on Xbox would be amazing, you know. And then you could uh, throw in maybe as a DLC, uh, General Ram, who was a DLC in Killer Instinct, General Ram in Mortal Kombat, you know, and just that that look that he has as a, like this big powerful boss. I think it would be cool. Killer Killer Combat is what they should call it. No, no. Well, if we if we go with your logic, no one's gonna buy it because no one's gonna buy a game called Killer Combat. All right, fair but, enough. Uh, <laughs> I would, I would think more MK versus KI. That seems more catchier. Does you it? Know? Yeah. It does. It does. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, not killer combat. I mean, come on. But uh, it's an old school '90s game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, exactly. Killer combat. The, killer the worst com- name for a B movie ever that they could make. Killer combat. I'm sure it's but, already. Uh, yeah. uh, so that's it. The, the, that. I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm interested. I've kind of looked a lot on the internet to see what's what's been going on with that. Um, I mean, if the buyout were to happen, I mean, I know EA and Activision are interested, but you know, considering that Activision has gone through a little bit of a change, uh, EA, I don't see them just dishing out four billion dollars. Right. I mean, they probably do have the money. I mean, they are a big studio, but when you look at Microsoft, let's not forget. They do make Windows, which is probably one of the, and Office, probably historically the biggest piece of software of all time. So mm. uh, I think that's a company that would be more likely to uh, purchase WB Games. So uh, and Midway, I mean, they would get Midway, and you know, if you're you're an old gamer, you know, uh, Justin, so you know that Midway's had a lot of classic games. You know, uh, whether it would be uh, 
I mean, I don't know what they can do with NBA Jam, but NFL Blitz. You know, I mean, these right. are all things that Blitz has to come cool, back. You know? Yeah, Blitz yeah, definitely yeah. has to come back. There's they, never they, been. They probably wouldn't come back with the NFL license because it's all uh, EA has that. Right. But just a, a a Blitz form of game, sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just give me any. I mean, look, they did. Uh, Xbox came out with a game called Dunk Lords as their game thing, which is kind of like an NBA Jam esque more arcade style kind of right. like NBA street, but whatever it, it was decent, you know, so they can definitely do something. I would love to see a blitz game though. I, I think it. the NBA, the NBA game, the NBA license, if I'm not mistaken, well, I mean, EA and 2k have it, right. it's not like it's exclusive to any franchise in per, per se, but if Microsoft were be able to get, obviously NBA jam doesn't need the whole roster of players. But right. I would like to see. I would. I would definitely like to see a next gen NBA Jam. Sure, sign me up. I love That's NBA it. Jam. I yeah. loved it, and uh, that'd be cool to see. And like I said, having those experiences, those kind of games exclusive on Xbox, could change Microsoft's fortunes big time in the next generation. For sure. So we'll just have to see how it goes in terms yep. of um, of WB, yeah. and. Yeah, so that's it. So a lot of exciting stuff. Uh, we're still in uh, COVID times. So, you know, the the video games are kind of what's keeping a lot of people afloat. A lot sure. more people are buying stuff. You know, they're giving us the showcases. We at least know that both next-gen consoles are coming out this year. So it's uh, a good time. Uh, yeah, and Xbox just really showed out showed out on this uh, showcase. They gave us what we technically wanted. We wanted to see Halo. We actually got gameplay. Um, for those who were a fan of Fable, got that little uh, teaser at the end. And uh, had a little bit of everything. And the fact that all these games are on Game Pass 2 just adds, uh, adds a nice little bowl to, uh, bow to the gift. Because it's going to be available... Just sign up for the kind of Game Pass and you're good to go. And yeah, so it's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts on everything. It was I found it more I found it more better than the PS5 reveal. It's a bit different. Hopefully, Sony does get uh, some kind of uh, video game showcase to see what they can prove to uh, Microsoft. Because as long as it's healthy competition, ultimately we're the winners. We're getting all of these uh, right. in a matter of two, three months. So. Uh, should yeah. be a good time. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I'd just like to say, again, uh, thanks for having me on your show. It was uh, really fun. And I hope to be back on again. And for anyone listening, uh, check out the... I have, heard, I have heard some of your other stuff. And for anyone else listening, check out some of Justin's other stuff. It's really cool. Uh, you know, and it's... Um, hope to be back on again when... Uh, Maybe in August, we can do this again in August when the price is revealed for the Xbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be fun. fun. And thank you for uh, doing it as well. I know you were excited about the uh, the showcase and I said, hey, I'm watching it. Let's let's do a little a little recap of uh, what kind of went on. And uh, yeah, it was just a good time. So thanks again. Do you want to do you want anyone to follow you on anything? Is there anything you would like to promote? Um, I'm not. I'm. I'm on uh, Twitter mostly as the uh, bear underscore ninety seven. Uh, you can follow me there. I mean, I don't post too too much, but I mean, I. Uh, I'm not. Uh, you know, I give my opinion on different things. You know, if uh, if people want to follow me there and you want to just uh, shoot the shoot the shit as they say, uh, I'm, all, I'm all for it. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, at the bear d a b 
B-E-A-R underscore 97. Follow me there. Anyone wants to talk about stuff, I mean, I do post uh, uh, links every now and then from uh, on Twitter. So, uh, yeah. There uh, we go. Nice. Perfect. And, of course, you can uh, follow me at JLB420 on Twitter. Real Talk Radio is the brand. That's at Real Talk Radio 8. Anchor.fm slash RTR. We do have a website now. It's slowly being built up. A lot of information is going to be on there. Uh, it's www.realtalkradio.online. Uh, still in the process, but at least we got the website. We don't want a .com. We don't want a .ca. We want our own little thing. And, uh, yeah, that's it, guys. So thanks again, Jeff the Bear. Uh, this was fun. And uh, we're definitely going to be doing it sometime soon. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the Game On Edition. Uh, until next time, ciao for now.